0: Welcome back for the season finale of season one of This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. I'm Eric. I'm Curtis. And we're here to talk about movies we saw this week with full spoilers and a twist on the podcast formula. On this show, there are winners and a loser. The loser is the person with the most points. You get points in one of two ways, folks. You can either claim an opinion as fact, like... What movies did I watch this week? I don't know. Or you can say something subjective and either take the point. I seriously, I don't remember what the fuck I watched. This is gonna really a disaster. It's supposed to be the finale. You got some <laughs> right. anime and other thing. Or you can have sixty seconds to support the reason you formed your opinion using objective details, avoiding. <laughs> For now, there's only one rule that applies to us: the crutch phrase. Curtis and I have found that we say it's interesting a lot to avoid saying that it sucked or it's great. And if we say this three times in a row in places of a subjective qualifying opinion, we get a point. So, you know, it's interesting that I can't think of a movie I watched this week. I'm sure I'll have one listed by the time I'm done. It's interesting. It's interesting. So the big question, Curtis, what did you watch this week? I watched uh, Jose, The
1: Tiger and the Fish, uh, Space Jam, New Legacy, Mm -hmm. and uh, Your Name, uh, Makoto Shinkai, film directed 2016.
0: In all seriousness, this week, I watched uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which in December will be its Mm -hmm. 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I watched Cat People, the original... Uh nineteen thirties, fifties, something like that. Um atmospheric horror uh mm-hmm. during the Hayes Code that is famous for the first jump scare, the Luton Bus. So
1: let's we'll start with your name. It's this the. It's it's the first Makoto Shinkai film that I've ever seen that got me interested more into his work and
0: Who's Makoto Shinkai? Uh,
1: Makoto Shinkai is a Japanese uh, anime director. Started, I don't know when he, I don't know when he had his, when when his debut film was directed, but he has, uh, but uh, one, one thing I've, I've noticed about uh, his movies is that they tend to focus on separation. Uh, this one is both a separation of space and a separation of time, where uh, the, and also the movie itself, goes into it it's, it's a it's it's a body switching movie where you have a a male and a female switching bodies and dealing with that having to go through a uh, school life and uh, everyday circumstances not have and trying to blend in
0: as easily as possible from what i remember i think i i understand a bit of what you're saying in that there is so much about the existence of romantic love outside of a physical cage it's yeah. not held by time it's not held by what body you're in it's not held it, like there's this romantic idea of love existing as its own yeah. force in the universe distinct from others
1: right and with uh with your name they uh, you the, the the relationship is, is developed through, you know, diary messages. And the way the movie is uh, paced and, and edited, you actually get to feel like they're interacting with each other constantly and getting to know each other. And it... How do I talk about that? Because, like, I don't
0: know how to talk about this movie. Ah. You know what, Curtis? Here's the thing. When it comes to the end of this season, for our first season of this show... I have upwards of 64 points, Mm -hmm. and you have 55. (laughs) Samia, one of our guest stars, who I think I'm secretly in love with, has four points. And TJ, the one I'm openly in love with, has three points. So if someone's going to win this season... It's not going to be us. No. (laughs) And it's probably not going to be... You who loses, I'm ten ahead of you at minimum. Mm -hmm. So, wow, just go for it.
1: (laughs) Fuck it! it, It's got one of the best portrayals of of teen romance that I've seen.
0: Ah! He took the point. Much as. Ripley did in the end of Alien <laughs> 3. He just embraced that opinion just sprang out of his chest and took it into the fire with him. It's got, Curtis loses. That point was worth 15 points, <laughs> and I officially quit. That's it.
1: No, but uh, it's, it's got one of the best teen teen romances that I've seen in, in anime in a while because <laughs> I, I've already got that point. It doesn't count. Uh, you know, it's the way that, uh, that uh, Taki and Mitsuha... Act is like is is very uh, bashful. It uh, I don't know how
0: Bashful's not a qualifier. I'm just trigger happy. Uh,
1: and, and, and they're like they're 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 both awkward. They're both anxious. They they like poking fun at each other. Like, like all that.
0: But what? Okay. So what is that?
1: It's what what is that? I,
0: like like what? All... They, like you when you say when you when you retread that, it strikes a vein an emotion in your head. What is that emotion? Do you feel like she's being like earnest, playful?
1: Uh, a bit of both. Like
0: she's um And so is that a quality that you feel like makes you makes relationships resonate as real for you? Uh kind of,
1: yeah. Like so like there's uh so you, you could say that that they're like real people. You you get a, a a real sense of of like a growing bond between the two characters. And it it's it, it's it's a little bit strange because all the vignettes that you see about uh, them just interacting through each, through each other's lives—it doesn't amount to a whole lot of screen time, but you, you get a whole lot of personality. Yeah. Within with within mm-hmm. those those vignettes, you you uh, learn. For, for
0: example, mm-hmm. if I may, there's that whole like branch with the male figure where. <laughs> Sorry, I I hate well, like, Curtis can see my face or so whatever. Anyways, this, this joke is gonna fall over like a lead balloon. Where he gets into a car crash and immediately the girl from the rest of your name sees him in the car crash and whips her boob out and starts masturbating. And he finds out about people who are symphorophiliacs and <laughs> gradually <laughs> becomes a symphorophiliac. And it's like a wild tangent for like a, a teen, youth-driven thing. That's a great I, great uh, way to mix a uh, crash in with, with a... With a... PG-13 anime. Everybody watch Crash, starring James Spader, if you missed that episode. <laughs> this whole movie is based around fucking time. Time like, does not matter, or time is not the time? limit that it seems from our perspective.
1: Time is infinite, and time is ever-looping. Like Ever-looping. Like, ever-looping. Ever like, you know, like, I got this from, from, from a video. From a video that I was watching about your your name, which is, is probably where the inspiration to go back to, to, to rewatch it came from. There's a scene... Uh late late on in, in, in the film, you're you're on the mountain that's overlooking uh uh Itamoria, uh, the the, town. the, the uh, town that gets destroyed by by the comet. It's in the future. Yep. Uh the the uh, ponds that have formed because of the two uh comets falling down form an infinity symbol, essentially like, like it, it forms a yep. figure eight, but also, but it's also the in the infinity symbol, and then you learn all about this uh, god Mutsubi. Mm. Uh, musubi the got of time and you learn about mm. how everything that is seen uh, the 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 thread uh, how how time on uh is, is uh, braided on uh, uh loop loops around uh mm. phrase breaks and ultimately gets thrown back together Be- because it's a movie that's based around time travel you could pick a whole lot of holes in into in, uh, it and ba- based based on on the logic of it but the core idea point is that time is never ending and you're always going to have some chance to 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 make a difference uh specifically uh, because uh
0: so it's a positive take uh through bright lighting uh positive character interactions it is a lighthearted take on what is normally depicted as tragedy in something like 12 monkeys where fate is inevitable loops are fate that traps you and you know you're never going to change anything and yet the suggestion here is you're going to have infinite chances to either revisit positive moments in your life or infinite chances to make a change yeah definitely uh and the cool thing about this show, if you guys don't know, is that if we decide we want to watch this again, we're going to come back and talk about yeah. it again, which will give us infinite chances. <laughs> well, since time is a loop, you yeah. guys are going to, you, the listener, are going to listen to this for the first time infinite times. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. it's Don't you just yeah love time travel? Uh,
1: Yeah. It's just like a fun time travel adventure in a sense, and I know fun is is subjective. Yeah, but I've
0: already given you eight thousand points. (laughs) You're also not going to beat me because I'm about to go ham when we get to that's fair. Uh, Space Jam. Oh God! Uh, I was going to not say what it was, but I did. You hear that? Shout out to Matthew Fox for being like, "Oh, Eric, you don't usually." We can tell which ones you don't really talk like because you talk so little about it because you don't have a bunch of stuff to say. Well, g- get get your britches loaded because I, I don't uh, know uh, what that. I, means. I have
1: a lot to say about. I hope <laughs> I have a lot to say about Space Jam. I, I <laughs> you
0: have a lot to say right now, but we'll see.
1: We'll see. But uh, in 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 the end, like, there's just something familiar and warm about your name that brings me back to it every time. I may not be able to put my finger on it, but.
0: Nostalgic for a place you've never been to,
1: something like that. And, uh, as much as it uh, revolves a, a a around tragedy and uh, high stakes emotion, it has a very satisfying and legitimate and and, and legitimately happy ending with with, uh, with the way that Shinkai movies tend to go with uh, before this movie came out, and that's fine.
0: But I understand. <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, I saw for the first time when I was 10 years old. I was probably 11, so yeah. And I saw it because we were in Michigan, mm-hmm. and it was a snowy night, and it was sort of like a... Um, my older brother and I were allowed to go do this as as a kind of like thing we wanted to do because what the adults were doing was really boring. Mm-hmm. So, we go and we sit in a theater, me being a huge Harry Potter fan, resisting all the talk people have been talking about one thing being better than another. From the very beginning, this movie, I, I thought over time, was going to become tiresome. I thought. You thought? Okay. Because... This is the structure of Lord of the Rings of Fellowship of the Ring, even by the extended version, the disc split up, which is what I watched, the 4K extended version. So there'll be some comments quickly. That's the reason I want to talk about it is because I saw it in 4K. Um, Fellowship of the Ring starts from black onto just some images of some men, some dwarves, some elves, and a ring Mm -hmm. that bound them all together under one story. And that one ring is the center of everything and so from this tiny little window into a world you see that there have been wars fought that there are places where there are people who live in peace like in the shire and still live in war uh in gondor which gandalf marches too quickly you get these little glimpses of everywhere and you center down and finally settle on one person frodo and so the point is You've spotted around and you've, you know, touched on all these different pieces of this world. And then you start to set up what is going to be the central story. And it takes you until the end of disc one for them to have finally stated. It is the last scene in disc one. The last line in disc one is great. Where are we going? From Pippin. Right. So it's not until the last scene of the first half of the movie that they say the ring has to go to Mordor. Hmm. And every character hasn't been introduced until right then. And you still don't get to really know them until the story starts right then. So I could have sworn that this movie was just going to be tiresome. But to be honest with you, the performances of Ian McKellen, whoever played that uh, Ringwraith, um, Elijah Wood, uh, Ian Holm as Bilbo. Um, what's his name? Sean Astin, the Mm -hmm. one that I just said was, like, the best actor over on the other (laughs) Music City Drive-In podcast. Um, and then forgot his name, like a genius. I'm dumb? (laughs) Okay, that feels good. And, Vigio Morgenstern, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. (laughs) Really tell a tightened, smaller fantasy story in that first one. And so... More and more, I realize that this is the compartmentalized, serialized, sort of Star Wars, Indiana Jones equivalent of fantasy. Okay. There are episodes to this. There is the episode of, you know, the Shire and what happens there, followed by an episode of the escape that where they meet um, Aragorn Strider. Mm-hmm uh that leads up to the episode where everyone in Rivendell decides what they're going to do and we learn a little more about Aragorn and his relationship which leads to the episode where they try to climb over the mountain and decide to go to Moria which leads to the Moria episode which leads to the elves episode which leads to it sounds like you're
1: describing a mini series that's been crammed into a movie
0: well it kind of is but that's the thing is is I couldn't like put you know a specific timestamp on it but it really doesn't feel like you're waiting for things to set up. It always feels like you're just sort of exploring different new things that has its own tension and its own internal story to tell. So, there has been this wave of things happening with 4K. Okay. Uh, When Indiana Jones was just released on 4K, uh, Disney, Steven Spielberg, whoever made that announcement, announced that there had been color correction uh, in order to make all of the movies feel like they... Take place in the same sort of color range, you know? So if you look up a comparison of, like, the school, they all sort of match Raiders, you know, whenever you go back to the university. Okay. That's the same thing they've done here with Lord of the Rings. They've color corrected the clothing worn by um, Ian Holm in the flashback to The Hobbit to the match the clothing that Martin Freeman wore. Yeah and uh, everyone i've shown the clip to is all we're all very suspicious that there is actually a digital frame where they have overlaid martin freeman's face so that he warps briefly to look like martin mm-hmm. freeman i can't confirm that though um a really mm-hmm. insightful youtube channel mm-hmm. boutique blu-rays did a breakdown of what work seems to have actually been done to convert Lord of the Rings for 4K. And with that, combined with what happened to Indiana Jones, combined with um like the unrated cut of Psycho being released on 4K, combined with uh Scott Pilgrim having to add a Dolby Atmos remix soundtrack to it, and then What else there other Oh, combined with Well, this isn't really 4K, but the Wong Kar Wai um, Criterion release, where the director was given license to continue editing things and tweaking things. Right. You know, everyone's super upset at George Lucas for the continual changes he makes to these movies, and yet now, I have a suspicion that there are studios that think that people won't commercially buy 4K products unless there's a distinction or some sort of difference in the movie that you're watching in one quality, like one, uh, not aspect ratio, what am I, resolution or the other Mm -hmm. one after the other 4k releases of movies that have been already released Mm -hmm. are altered. They're different. They're not the same as what is what you were watching before.
1: And I'm not sure how I feel about that.
0: I'm not sure that I feel I, I don't, it's not important to talk about how we feel about it. Not here. No, but I'll say, I think that the result is them the, 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 Peter Jackson has said he wanted to edit Lord of the Rings to make it more cohesive with The Hobbit, and he wanted The Hobbit to be edited to be a little more cohesive with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I can't imagine what Unexpected Journey looks like in four K mm-hmm. if they've toned down the colors and whatnot. I I, I wouldn't personally be happy with that. Uh, <laughs> I told you I was going to get ahead of you. The Fellowship of the Ring. For the most part, um, I wasn't. The changes didn't make me feel like I was watching a different movie. Okay. But when you associate something with fantasy and you've been watching it for 20 years, so you have these images ingrained into your mind let's say at least 20 times if you watch them once a year, which let's be honest, when these movies are first coming out, I watched them two, three, four, five times when they first came out. So, you know, 20 is safe. Mm -hmm. Where there's a familiarity with the images you're looking at. Right. So when you change it, your brain doesn't make the same association, the same emotional association as it did when you were watching Mm -hmm. The Other Virgin. Okay. So I'd recommend to listeners... If you want to own the Lord of the Rings trilogy as you're familiar with watching it in a theater, probably own the Blu-ray theatrical and Blu-ray extended Blu-rays. Sorry, Blu-rays, Blu-rays, Blu-rays. But this is because you're never going to be able to control when the digital distribution is going to switch which copy they are. Yeah. And the extended versions have a higher, like, a a more saturated color correction than the theatrical. Okay. So, you know, there is a lot of minute things they do. Like, Frodo, when he first holds the ring and it first lights up. Mm -hmm. uh, If you look up comparison images, you can see that they've redone the special effect to show you, like, the grit of lettering having been crafted into the ring Ew. there. It really does the whole thing where you can step and push a little bit farther in detail into what you're looking at, uh, on the flip side where they're trying to avoid film grain being too intrusive on the image characters are, uh, given this like soft digital focus that very much smooths out their skin mm-hmm. and interesting that's one out of three effect that that has is that the characters look like they did in the original posters you remember the poster of frodo holding the ring up it looked like like, porcelain almost porcelain almost that is that is a word for it but in an odd sense there's something nostalgic to it because this is the way that fantasy world was sold to you right so there's actually something there that hasn't been able to be there that has its own thing going on okay um i will say in terms of what holds up and what doesn't i there have been a lot of people commenting that the special effects you're starting to be able to see the seams um i don't know why people are saying that i have not been able to see you know it's not that I don't know something is fake that I'm looking at or what mm-hmm. um, I was able to notice uh, because they sometimes they think oh it's far enough away that a body double sitting in Frodo's place next to Gandalf will make it look like he's a hobbit sitting next to him mm-hmm. but you can see the body double right you know so I'll see that but uh, you know in terms of uh, the water monster outside of Moria the Balrog um, the eye mm-hmm the ever intrusive eye of sauron i i don't see anything about it that looks like ooh you can see where the special effects like digital a f- f- factor block you know is visible or or oof that fire is not a sharp enough resolution for everything around it you know mm-hmm. i never had that experience with it so Yeah, for the most part, I would say that I uh, am eager to continue watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy in 4K, especially extended. And, um, can't wait to get to that scene in the Two Towers that I just told Will about where, uh, you basically see Aragorn's arm break in three places because they were using a dummy to, uh, to have Legolas pull him up in the Two Towers on top of the Helps Deep's, uh, bridge. If you haven't seen this, it's directly after uh, Theoden tells Aragorn they're blocking up the front gates. and says, like, get to the Hornburg. And Legolas throws down a rope yelling Aragorn's name to hoist up him and Gimli. And it's right when he hits the top that Legolas pulls him and grabs his arm that you see, like, his wrist. And Will described it as a subway sandwich, sandwich wrapped in a tube, like, crinkling over the side of the thing. Oh, God. Oh, I can't wait to watch that in 4K. So. Okay. And I just really, really... I'm going to go on a a very rule-breaking tirade if I... um, Well, actually, by season two, it won't be a rule-breaking tirade. Um, Hint, hint. Anyways, about if they take the blue from Helm's Deep. Okay. If Helm's Deep at night is not blue, we're going to have some problems. Um... (laughs) All right. <laughs> I don't even care.
1: Okay, so another movie that I saw this week. Uh, Jose, the tiger and the fish. Now, don't think it's any secret right now. Are
0: there any animals in this movie? I'm, I'm being... I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, the answer is actually yes, and all based around sea creatures, but... I don't think it's any secret at this point, but uh, I'm a pretty big anime fan. As such, I don't get a whole lot of op- opportunities to see anime films in theaters. They are, in, in the U.S., they are usually just a direct to Blu-ray. So whenever I get the chance, I'm gonna go see one in theaters. And uh, I'm just gonna... This movie, art-wise, is gorgeous. It's very fluid. <laughs> it, it's a... Uh, uh, um, god I can't say artistically artistically it's very fluid basically this whole movie is about perseverance and overcoming challenges uh be it natural or or, or not uh, the the movie is focused around these two characters one I, I can't remember her I can't remember her name in the actual show but she chooses to go by the name jose which is a character that she idolizes in uh, books that that she reads and so she meets this guy who was hired on to be her caretaker, who is constantly encouraging her to do things that she sees is outside of her reach. So it's 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 about overcoming uh, adversity. And I mentioned that the girl was is is, is confined to a, a wheelchair at birth. And of course, with this being a slice of life uh, movie, you instantly know that the main romance is going to be between the girl in the wheelchair and the guy who has his own dream and uh, has, to, has to face those those own those own challenges. And so the the movie revolves around these two, uh, going through these uh, challenges. He becomes her, uh, her uh, his, uh, He becomes her caretaker initially, to save it for her money, and that's just how the relationship starts from from there. And over time, uh, the movie, for a majority of of uh, the runtime, the, the movie felt a. F- focuses on them and uh kind of like learning from each other like he, he obviously has no idea what it's like to be in a wheelchair and so he's kind of al- almost like with the with a your name it is there's, there's there's a sense of perspective and, and getting to know what it's like to live in someone else's shoes this is all building up to eventually his uh the the, the, the guy's lowest point where he's constantly trying to affirm uh, this, uh, person's skill in trying to get her to, to push forward and, and what she wants to do. till so eventually he gets hit by a car trying to save her and, uh, now may not be able to live out his own dream and kind of gives up rather quickly <laughs> to, to, to the point where it's now the girl's chance to repay what he did for her and try to, and as she tries to get him remotivated to do what he wants to do. Yeah, that At the end of it, you know, they, they all get to achieve what they wanted to. And, and it also, I, I mean, yeah.
0: The characters all achieve their goals. Yeah, they,
1: they, they all achieve their goals. And something that this movie does do that uh, not a lot of romances do nowadays, at least, like, they actually wait till the very end of the movie. I mean, the very end of the movie for them to actually say that they're in love. And then, like, they, they, the actual confession comes at the very end. And then just, like, with that... Oh.
0: So rather than, like, a romantic comedy where, like, that's, like, the peak and then there's, like, a resolution? Yeah. It's sort of...
1: You have the, all, all the vignettes, like, showing their time together and their growing relationship. And it, it, it's, it ends off with the ultimate payoff of them finally getting together along with them achieving their, their dreams. That's just the ending.
0: So this is called The Tiger and the...
1: uh The Tiger and the Fish.
0: What are the tiger and the fish in this movie?
1: The girl is the fish and the guy is the tiger and that whole thing is just the, the, the whole title is just based around her mm. thought process of she's a fish in a world full of tigers because she's disabled around people who are not people who can push mm. her around and so a tiger comes on and saves her starts to like help her out and like that's the whole thing with that mm. fun movie mm. uh, I, I'd, I'd go, go ahead and just do the thing <laughs> Movie, uh, I would um, I I would definitely go back to watch this to n- not just to revisit those emotions, but to see if there's anything else that I missed that could be interesting.
0: I watched a movie, Cat People. Right, I've been wanting to. Know about this one for a bit ever since you talked about it. So, Cat People is sold like something that is hiding the fact that there is not a lot going on. It's literally like, ooh, it's an exercise in building suspense, which means you're waiting for something to happen a lot. And it's an exercise in atmosphere, which means it's more about the tone of what you're watching than anything actually happening in the movie. Right. And it's about suspicions of someone having something going. Everything is about like what you're not watching. But there's a principle in filmmaking that what is not on the screen is almost more important than what is on the screen. And I have to say, Cat People is not what I expected. I the tone of that movie kept me quiet. Even though this is an extremely old movie. The clarity of it, mm. either that's just because the Criterion did like a restoration, or I don't know what. But there is depth of focus in the shots that they have. So there's like quiet snowfall on the outside in some shots and whatnot. The Luton bus scene, which uh, one of the producers is a guy named Luton, and so the reason the first jump scare was called the Luton bus is because of an, the first jump scare is a woman walking down an alley looking behind her because she keeps hearing something as if it's following her and then right when she's picked up pace enough that you think something might jump a bus comes into the other side and like you know comes to a stop in front of her and that's the payoff of the jump scare so but up until that it's quiet lit only by street lamps and that's the the whole we look this up the chiaroscuro lighting it's 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 all about contrast and about playing with, you know, what is lit up and, and again, what isn't. What you don't see is important in this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, the, what, all you see is a woman walking, walking faster, walking faster. And all you hear is how wide open and empty the space is because her heels echo. Okay. Just clock, 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 clock. I mean, just, just knowing
1: what I know about movies, that just like that—that that sounds like a natural way to build suspense.
0: Maybe I don't know. I, that's not really what I'm. The, the, but just something about the fact it could have—it could have just been a really close recording of you know, clapping against the ground, yeah. and it could have just been a sound effect. But something about the fact that it echoes tells you how big the space is, you're not seeing, and how alone mm. she is. And I know that seems pretentious as hell, and I don't care. I I could be pretentious as hell, for all you know. Um, But, you know, there's a scene in, in a pool. The woman is swimming in the pool. And you just, you never totally know what's going on. There's a woman who's pleading for people to understand that she's not insane. There are a lot of things in this movie that should make it a bad movie, to the point where I'm kind of suspicious of many movies that have come afterwards that use... Like, these grabs, like, oh, the atmosphere, and oh, this, to kind of excuse certain things in their movies, Mm -hmm. where this is one that, like, that was what was worth talking about. Okay. Because that's what this was an exercise in. It was atmosphere and tension, because it was, in a way, that was, so it was done during the haze Code, I think. I have to double-check that to be sure. But what that basically meant was you couldn't really do anything on camera. Right. That wasn't family friendly, quote unquote, by this this uh this really oppressive awful sort of, you know, control free industry. Mm-hmm. And um so what this person did instead was basically use the inability to show anything to still play with building suspense and emotions and all these things that you want because in horror at the time you had universal monster movies right you know and you had just like big like effects and scares and 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 stars and all this kind of stuff so here with their hands tied behind their back and being able to do the same things the guy was like well then how do we scare someone and that's how you end up with creating the jump scare Mm. and you end up with just all these different things. I swear, by the end of this movie, you're going to be begging to see the creature. Okay. And that's all I have to say. Okay. It's, uh, so, Curtis. Let's get into Space Jam The New Legacy. Do they ever play the song, I Believe I Can Fly? I know it's hard to weed that out, considering absolutely everything ever happens in that movie. So, does Bill Murray show up?
1: No, no one from the original movie shows up.
0: Well, it's, uh, Bugs does,
1: voiced by a different character. Daffy. Uh, they're they're all voiced by different actors. Mm. So no one from the original shows up. Even Lola Bunny, who makes who made her debut in the original Space Jam, voiced by Zoe Zoe Deschanel. Bill Skarsgård wasn't Pennywise. I don't think Bill Skarsgård was Pennywise. was. Jim Carrey wasn't the mask. Pretty sure Jim Carrey wasn't the mask. Uh, this this movie is basically, uh, I'm going to throw a bunch of IP in
0: your face to show you how, how much stuff I have. Do you think Justin Roiland actually came to do that bit from Rick and Morty? Oh, that
1: was actually Justin Roiland. He
0: is credited as Rick and Morty. So you're telling me that this is a movie completely engineered at delivering fan service and references, and every one of them is a falsified icon version of that reference. Yep. No good. That doesn't even care about the emotions, even remotely related to what people are trying to show people.
1: As far as, <laughs> as, far as I'm aware, yeah.
0: So it sucks ass.
1: It sucks ass. <laughs> Let's just go on with that. Uh, and then the, the, the movie spends about an hour going to different worlds to get the Looney Tunes back together because they're separated now. So you could see the Matrix world and the DC world and the Wonder Woman world, which for some reason isn't in the DC world. It's 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 another thing. But they got the Zack Snyder Wonder Woman music in there from the Wonder Woman movie and 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 the
0: Justice League to show you the Hans Zimmer have... theme. Yeah, that one. It's it's in there. <laughs> That's for the movie because it knows it sucks. <laughs>
1: Uh, and, and and when 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 Rick and Morty do show up, they have to be dumbed down, so not to break the PG thing. So there's no swearing. They they just the throw off line.
0: No, I've I've seen the clip. It's dumb. I've seen chunks of the movie now.
1: <laughs> I've seen chunks of it,
0: but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. This, what I want to talk about with this movie, the most, is I want to talk about consumerism and the dangers of supporting things, even though. We're part of a site that is hoping to work with Warner Brothers and other major studios to help promote their material and engage with that content. It's directly at odds with how even a bad review is going to gain traffic. It's going to make someone go, oh, I got to see how bad this is. Mm -hmm. And so I absolutely refuse to watch, review, or write about it. And we're talking about it here, and I honestly don't know how I feel about it. I think partially because this is buried and we have the ability to not tag it or not reference it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not going to put the picture up because I don't want to circulate a picture of Space Jam whenever we're sharing this on Twitter. Okay. Um, I, I just... N- media outlets are the people who have the power to decide what gets word of mouth and what mm-hmm. gets spread. Yeah. And so if everybody decides to get together and go, oh, yeah, hello, let's do it, and it's like a bad movie that is is careless... And is is almost literally seems like a test to run out what properties do people resonate with the most in online searches once it's come out to consider which properties to resurrect and kind of explore. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like what what was on, on their mind, you know, with the Matrix
1: world where Granny
0: was. Matrix 4 is about to come out. Let's promote that. Mm. Uh and so let me let me throw this out here with two before I go because I do want to say like okay, in all series this is on the flip side, you know what what about kids what about the attempts at humor and kind of thing so I'll get there in a second. but did you know Disney tried to do this? Disney tried um, no when John Favreau was uh, stepped down from Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. apparently, And this can be Googled, and I can be corrected and spammed at however people want. It was to make a Magic Kingdom movie. I think I remember hearing about this. That was supposed to be about Disney's, quote-unquote, Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. where you could use all of their IPs together in one movie. And this is, you know, they had just acquired Marvel. Uh, That would have been in 2013, so they'd acquired Lucasfilm. Oh yeah. And so they were getting ready to do a movie when they just had these properties where they could bounce off of ones and kind of see what people were going to be into. Mm-hmm. And it's not subtle. And I, I, I understand that that for some people it's like, oh, it's harmless, but it's not harmless. It's not harmless when it turns something I personally feel like should be a creative, driven process and should be about artists trying to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Turning it into a machine to generate as much profit as possible. Right. And so when a movie comes out that is this transparent about it, then continuing to give it traffic and support it is continuing to support it and say, this is what I want to happen. This is what I want to be talking about, thinking about, and doing with my time for the next decade. Yeah. So... Was it funny?
1: Had its moments. That's about all I can say about it. Like it had its moments. There were times where I cracked a smile just because uh, it, it, what, what it's trying to do, it, it, it does well enough to appeal to to, to to appeal to those with nostalgia for the first one. It, I, I can easily see kids having fun with this.
0: Hmm. How was Don Cheadle? Everyone likes Don Cheadle in this. Eh, Don Cheadle was okay. It wasn't. What, you, what, what is the deal? Why do you think people are reacting so strongly and positively? I I, I honestly don't
1: know. He didn't. It, it, his character didn't struck a chord with me, like in in, in any sense.
0: It is just like an angry AI. Oh, oh, that's it. But I mean, like Don Cheadle is usually portrayed as like you know, his the character he usually is is straight laced, uh, composed. Complete opposite of that. So then, that's probably the point. Yeah, is Don Cheadle playing against type?
1: Okay, that's fine then. I mean, I again, it's not a character that I actually like. The the, the whole idea that it just like rubs me the wrong way. And then, like as you said before, with the original Space Jam about it being a big scam by Bugs, who then they then bring in Michael Jordan as a
0: hmm?
1: way to like even the odds when they realize they're in over their heads. Uh, this mm-hmm. one is LeBron gathering the Looney Tunes. To play in a basketball game to get his son back. It's it's, no, that's it. So like, what is it like? An alien kidnaps his son. No, the AI converts his son, and the the whole movie is 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 about LeBron learning to accept what his son does and and reconnecting with him on 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 on, like a fatherly level instead of like a coach mentality kind of thing.
0: So here's the thing, and I watched enough of this to be to be curious about this. Like I've seen Sonic, I'm not impressed by a cartoon looking like it's in real life anymore. Okay. Um, I've, uh, seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I was not impressed by Space Jam after seeing Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't think anyone is. Well, no, there are people that are. This is a nostalgic property in the first Space Jam. I'm not going to really step on, because, again, I'll I'll say this, Michael Jordan's popularity in many ways transcended basketball. Yes. He was more of a pop culture figure, and that was his backstory of why he was the way that he was. Mm -hmm. And so... You tell this story of a kind of cultural icon meeting these other cultural icons in this weird thing. That there's some sort of... Like, that idea, I wouldn't immediately be like, that's ridiculous or cash-grabby. Okay. But someone looking at that idea and going, he was a basketball star? And just being like, we could do it again. We could get LeBron James. And we could get uh, more than just the the Looney Tunes. We could get... Everyone from, like, the Matrix and, like... the It just feels very disingenuous. Oh, yeah. To that extent, yeah. Yeah, but, but the... So... so uh, the last question I had was, so... Sure. Animation-wise, they didn't really care to make things gel as much with Michael Jordan and the animated folks. No.
1: Uh, wait, but
0: so, as much as I'm not impressed, I want to know, do you feel like they did a good job of having LeBron James engage with the animated characters and...
1: Uh, more so than the original one, yes, but that, that's mostly due to the fact that when, uh, when the, they're 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 still animated, but they're CG animated, so they mesh better with reality um, anyway. And when, when and when LeBron is in Looney Tune world and they're two D, he's mm-hmm. also a cartoon, so it's not like he's a human. So in- there's
0: never a time where he's a human interacting with a cartoon.
1: Not until the very end.
0: Very end. Okay. Okay. So so they didn't really try to do. Exactly what Space Jam did. No. Okay. Well, you know, there are different things. And so was LeBron as a cartoon funny? Did he voice act that well? Uh, For someone who has never acted before, he did it okay. Gotcha. I don't care. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I feel bad that the end of season one is going to be absolutely shredding. Something. Mm-hmm. And in a way that could possibly put people off from continuing to listen. Like someone who immediately is like, oh, you don't get the point. Oh, like... You, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like oh. the
1: excuse that it's 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 meant for kids. Because there are plenty of well, things that are meant for kids that can be enjoyed by all ages. To me,
0: that's, that's how I feel about the uh, phrase... Um, YOLO? You mm-hmm. only live once? Yeah. It's like... You only live once, so jump off this cliff. Like, wait, no, you don't live again. That's why you don't jump (laughs) off the cliff. Uh, This movie's for kids, so it doesn't have to be good. No, this movie's for kids, so it really has to be good. Because this is going to be what they care about. This is going to be how you interact with them and raise them. This is going to be a memory for them that's going to be really significant because they're young and time feels slow still. Right, they're not an adult like you where this stuff doesn't matter. They're gonna, you know, it's more important for it to be good for kids than it is for adults. Right. Also, they're the ones that ask their parents to buy things for them. They're the ones that socially push this to happen. It it is, it is the opposite. When you say that a movie is just for kids, that should mean, and that means there's going to be a lot of thought and effort put into the way that it's going to mean something for a growing human. Yeah, that's uh, 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 That I agree with, yeah It should be like, it's just a stoner comedy So it's for people who are out of their minds Fine, that should be the equivalent That we think of, of just for kids So there you go, start thinking about that Or you can go back to saying Oh, it's just a popcorn movie if you need to But stop saying that a movie being just for kids Is the reason why And that's me demanding something and being opinionated And that's it thank you all so much if you made it this far if you made it into this series and you you've heard us do this it's just thank you i know we've been gone a while and i appreciate anyone returning when we come back this is going to be the beginning of season two the formula is going to be different now people are still going to have to stick to objectivity eric's still gonna lose yes i'm eric and i just said eric the point is, I really hope that someone who has made it through this has started thinking about why they like the things that they like. Or why they disagree with us short of just saying, you're stupid. Right. You know, I, I just really think that it's important that if we're going to do this every week, like if people are going to watch a movie at a minimum once a week, once a month, mm-hmm. that's at minimum 24 hours out of your whole year. If you watch it once a month that is going to be spent on what you're putting into your face. And if you don't care about what that is, 10%, Mm -hmm. then you're wasting your time, in my opinion. And so I just really hope that everyone who's listened, uh, you know, will be there when we come back and we've tuned up and shifted the ride. We've we've come through and, and thought a lot about how we're going to do this and how we can make this more friendly and open and less... Tensiony and less judgmental uh, towards friends. There will still be a, this element to it, but this is going to be more of a subset of it. I think we're going to be more of our own personalities, mm-hmm. more free to speak speak our mind regarding opinions and get passionate in ways that aren't just ripping apart Space Jam. So we hope you'll be back and thank you so much. Um, you can find me Eric at High Contrast FLM on social media. You can also look up High Contrast on the Music City drive-in. I have begun to post regular articles on how, what movies you can watch on the weekend to take care of yourself on uh, trailers for new movies that are coming out. And good lord, if I ever find out that I did Space Jam. Uh, I, uh, you, you can find me at uh, 90sGamer407 on Twitter.
1: And uh, from time to time, I do <laughs> Twitch streaming on video games and uh, talking about anime that I've seen. Uh, over at uh, Merrick underscore attainments.
0: Remember, we are also a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, and you can find other talented individuals who are a lot calmer, and will have a lot to say and a lot to entertain you, so...
1: Maybe more fair than we are, about certain ways. So. Eh, eh, no.
0: eh.